It normalizes big emotional expression, meltdowns, shutdowns, situational mutism, and autistic euphoria. Because every single one of these characters has numerous moments in the show where they are just overloaded with joy, and there's inevitably some sort of fantasy sequence that goes along with it. Episode 45, Bob's Burgers is Autistic. Welcome to the Autistic Culture Podcast. Each episode, we dive deep into autistic contributions to society and culture by introducing you to some of the world's most famous and successful autistics in history. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer on how we use the word autistic. The purpose of this show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic. While some may have announced being autistic, what we're really sharing here is our observation of what is representative of autistic culture. It can sometimes be difficult for autistic people to celebrate our natural tendencies and traits due to the perception of autism as a disorder that needs to be fixed, a long history of damaging medical interventions to get autistics to fit in with mainstream culture, and protective masking skills many of us have developed to try to stay safe. Whether you are autistic or just love someone who is, your hosts, Dr. Angela Loria, the linguistic autistic. And licensed psychological practitioner, Matt Lowry, welcome you to take this time to be fully immersed in the language, values, traditions, norms, and identity of Autistica. Autistica. Hey, Angela. Hey, Matt, what are we talking about? Oh, uh, today we have a fan request. Well, multiple fans request because we are going to talk about one of the apparently universally agreed upon autistic shows of all time, Bob's Burgers. Which I have never seen and I have no idea what we're talking oh. about today. Oh, man. Oh, so okay. you're going to have to do the, you know, on ChatGPT, it has explained it to me like a five-year-old. Oh yeah, I'm well, pressing the, that button. You gotta you, go. You gotta put me, put me in the five-year-old category. We we will totally do that today because it is, it, it is a fascinating show. It has been on for so. Uh, interesting side note about this. So it's currently broadcasting its fourteenth season, but it's only produced thirteen seasons of shows. Oh. Because in the second season, they, they uh, for some reason, didn't air the entire season and ha- left half of the episodes for the next season. But they produced a full season for season three. And then ever since then, they've just been adding on Their and adding on and on. So, so, yeah. So it this is the one show. Uh, like, is this like a Cartoon Network? Is this like a Ren and Stimpy thing? What it, is, it is this? It is a Fox show that is a, uh, well, okay, so it was designed, have you ever seen the uh, the Comedy Central show, uh, uh, Dr. Katz, Professional Therapist? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Same, yes. Uh, yeah, same people who created it uh, later on went to create home movies and teamed up with Jim Dotrieve, the guy who uh, co-created King of the Hill. Uh, and was the uh, you know uh, name inspiration for Bill Dotrieve, but uh, they they teamed up to create this show for Fox. Fox requested a family comedy like The Simpsons and King of the Hill, but Lauren Bouchard uh, said, "Hey, how about a workplace comedy that happened to involve a family?" So he this is a show about a family that works in a restaurant called Bob's Burgers. Uh, it's 
two parents and three kids. Origin it's uh the current lineup is two parents two girls and a boy, but it was originally two boys and a girl, but they decided the two boys are too similar. So they turned Daniel into Tina. So, uh, so they've On got the this show or like before they made it, was before there actually, Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so we might have a transitioning cartoon character, which I was all yeah. for. But. So, so this, well, uh, on, mm -hmm. on that note, Tina's voice is a dude. So, uh, yeah. So they, there they just go. decided, yeah, let's, Gender and they kept, is a spectrum, my friend. Exactly. And they just kept the entire mm -hmm. thing. Uh, he was he was a very socially awkward, horny boy. And now she's a very socially awkward, horny girl. So right. it, it works, works out. for me. Also, yep. uh, one change they made between pre-production and actual production, that they were originally going to be a family of cannibals. Okay. And so, did they just think that wouldn't play well with the audience? The, the Fox network said, really? Why? 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 No. Why? No. So, not, so not the, the original concept was that Bob's Burgers, uh, the, the family was struggling to make ends meet. They are next door to a crematorium. So they just kept taking the bodies and turning them into burgers. Got it. So, I see. Uh, in the in the pilot episode, they alluded to this because the pilot episode is called Human Flesh and involved a scandal where it was said that they turned people into hamburgers. And so that they, they, they still are next door to a crematorium. The guy who runs the crematorium is named Mort, a la Mortis, a la Latin for death. Got so, it. They, they well, listen, if you're going to tell yeah. me this is an autistic family, I'm kind of glad they're not also cannibals because sometimes we get a little bit of a bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, because uh, before you know it, the Autism Speaks is going to be claiming that we're all cannibals too. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's why we have to shock the children out of their exactly. you know, cannibal-like ways. So, yeah, so this... In, in doing preparation for the show, I've spent the past 13 years watching Bob's Burgers because, you know, <laughs> you never know when we you're going to have a podcast to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, it, when I decided to say, oh, yes, this this should be you know, the, this week, I, I decided to Google. And apparently everyone on the Internet has already said, oh, yes, they're clearly autistic for all of these reasons. And one of the best essays about this will include in the show notes. But we're going to go over the characters today and tell you a little bit about each of the characters and uh why they are probably autistically coded but 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 before we get to, into anything the thing that uh it screams that this is made for our people more than anything else is even before we start the show in the opening intro uh you know like how bart simpson writes a different thing on the board mm -hmm. for every simpsons episode mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so before in the intro for every Bob's Burgers episode, there's at least two puns. One is they usually have an empty storefront next to on the other side of their building because one side is the crematorium, Bob's Burgers, and then an empty storefront. So it would be uh, like uh, I, I don't know, Silence of the Hams. Okay, you know, uh, yeah, I got so, a little, little pun there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then uh, they have the grand opening, uh, something happens, grand reopening, something happens. Uh, and it, it goes through this montage of all the calamities that they've had so far. And eventually a pest control van pulls up every episode with a different pun for that too. So uh, it's, 
it's fantastic they start off the show with at least two puns and then usually a third pun on top of that because they have the burger of the day, which is inevitably a pun based on cheese or the toppings on the burger and some sort of, you know, I just want to be way. the person whose title is like chief pun writer. That would be exactly. like, I'm so glad the writer strike is over because I got to get back to writing some puns for Bob's Burgers. And that's the thing, because, again, when the allistics say that we are very literal minded, uh, this this is our humor of choice, because it, whereas we 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 do take things literally, we just had the conversation that words have meaning, specific words have specific meanings. But again, that means that we also tend to enjoy a lot of wordplay based humor. Right. So right. it's it's By a the very, way, very this autistic is a thing. non non sequitur, but I always like to invite you to DC and we remit, we pretend that we like to leave our houses together. So just in a <laughs> ah. little fantasy. That my favorite museum in Washington, D.C. is called Planet Word. Oh. And they have it's so good. Everyone should go there if you believe in leaving your home, which I don't. But I will I will leave my home to go to Planet Word. Every time someone comes into town, I go and they have a whole they have multiple rooms of puns. They have a pun joke room. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is amazing and bright yellow, the brightest yellow. It's so delightful. I want to squeal with joy. Then they have a puns section in their karaoke room so you can pick songs to sing with puns in them. And then they have a wordplay with puns and advertising throughout history room. Oh, man. It is pun central, puntastic, really worth the trip to Washington, D.C. I do love that. And again, that is the humor of our people. We do. I love it. I love it. I can't get enough. Every time I find something new, I'm like, that is so good. Yes. And that that, that is that is a big thing. And also, so every title of the show is pun oriented and has something to do with all this because the that is the care that goes into this. Because even before you get into the actual plot with the characters in their autistic situations, you know that this is what we're walking into. Yes, no pretense. Exactly. Yeah. Straight up nerdery. So so we'll we'll start off the family of five uh, plus uh, extended family plus uh, the, some other characters that we'll talk about. We'll start off with Bob. Bob is the dad of the family. He's played by H. John Benjamin, who has been in many things, including like Archer. He's a regular on like Family Guy. He's been on The Simpsons several times. He is the 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 ultimate low key, very you know moderate energy doesn't really go up and down he is very much the the walking embodiment of the autistic accent mm, and okay. I, I, also we really probably should do an episode of archer one time because as long as uh, uh adam reed was writing archer adam reed wrote every episode of archer for like 12 years so mm. uh and uh he he repeatedly referred to archer as uh being atypically autistic so hmm. but but that's a whole other thing Wait, but am I ati- what does that mean am, uh, are we all atypically autistic if you meet one autistic person you've met one autistic person well uh, well uh sterling archer was uh you know uh, a suave ladies man uh oh. international spy uh, but uh also uh did like you know rain man stuff where he could count bullets as they were being shot at him and that kind of stuff okay and, yeah but also lots of Sounds really impressive. interesting you know uh, other but anyway, the, H. John Benjamin plays yes. plays Bob, 
Bob is a man who loves his food. Uh, I'm gonna lift he, this guy up. He he is uh he 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 puts all of his passion into the restaurant. He loves his kids. He loves his family. He only has one friend in the world, Teddy the handyman, and they frequently get into arguments for various reasons. That we'll get into in just a bit, but uh, he is he is constantly struggling because again he he owns his own restaurant. He has to pay bills, but he's doing what he can. Every year there's a, a Thanksgiving episode because Thanksgiving is his favorite holiday he might talk to the turkey a little bit the turkey might talk back because you know he's he's very much into his cooking world and he he focuses a lot on new burger recipes on how to maintain the restaurant his special interest is without a doubt cooking and culinary stuff he's by the way ironically this episode is coming out thanksgiving week so this is also our Thanksgiving episode. How a, perfect. A perfect theme. <laughs> yes. yes. It works we out well it. that way. <laughs> yes. Totally intentional. <laughs> planned. Yay. Planned, everyone, yes. as you can tell. All right. As always, this podcast is free and it will remain free, but we do now have a paid subscription over on our Substack page, which we wanted to tell you about. It includes lots of extras like private Q&A calls with Matt and I, our book club with our favorite book picks and discounts in our Tee Public store. You can check out all the goodies over on our Substack page at autisticculture.substack.com. So Bob does not have a good relationship with his father, Big Bob, because Big Bob also runs a restaurant. Big Bob wants to do things Big Bob's way. Bob wants to do things his way. Because this this is the traditional hedgehog's dilemma that we face because we we are often autistic arguments often focus on the data and say, mm -hmm. ah, I, the data is this. Yes, we agree upon the data. Uh, so th this but this data is more important than this data. No, this data is more important than that data. And then we get into an argument about the best way to proceed because we are looking at different, slightly different sets of data. And again, mm -hmm. Bob, Big Bob knows how to do things this way. Our Bob knows how to do things this way. So they're, they're not really on the same page. But again, still care about each other. Big Bob will support regular Bob, regular Bob will support big Bob. They have a picture of big Bob's restaurant in their living room. You know, this, okay. it, it's the way. And he very much cares for his kids, even if he doesn't always understand them. And they're all always doing their own very, very specific things. And he, he very, very much cares for them. He has found, uh, his wife, Linda, uh, Linda is played by, uh, Oh man. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ah, uh, John Roberts and John, uh, John got famous by doing YouTube videos of his own mother, where he would impersonate his mother with a very, very thick sort of New York, New Jersey-ish accent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about the Christmas tree and this and that and everything else and doing it from a very, dare I say, potentially AUDHD perspective. Oh, Okay. 
So, so Linda is, is very enthusiastic. Linda likes to sing all the time. Linda is very, 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 very involved in the kids' lives. Very, very protective of the kids. Also very, very sort of jumps from topic to topic, gets wildly in over her head all the time. And uh, again, like one day, uh, oh man, that they accidentally turned all of the ketchup a different color and, you know, tried to, left in charge of the restaurant without Bob's rigid attention to detail. They had to kind of make up for it and it was a whole thing. But uh, again, over 13 years, there have been many, many occasions, uh, one involving like Bob's dead mother and uh, the trying to find her in a graveyard. Uh, Anyway, many, many occasions where she has, uh, she wants to uh, create costumes for the kids for various plays, a kaiju wrestling event, all Mm. sorts of things. Uh, By the way, is that how you say Aikido? Aikido? Is that the right? No, no, no. Uh, Where where the, the, the kids were dressed up as gigantic monsters, kaiju. Oh, kaiju. Yes. Kaiju. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we are not normal by any means on this show. Okay. So, yeah, Got yeah it. they dressed up as like, uh, what is it, a giant squid and uh, started Ooh. wrestling in the local thing as giant squids. So, okay. as one does. Got it. Yeah. So, she, she is, uh, she's a little distracted, but again, still very, very, her special interest is clearly her family. Uh, her, 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 her most famous phrase is, oh, my babies. And because, again, I've heard that little catchphrase. I didn't know that's where it came from. OK, yeah, yeah that, that's that's her. She she's very, very interested in making sure that all the kids are happy and healthy. Doesn't necessarily always take the most direct way to go about doing it, but her heart is always in a good place. And okay. and again, there many episodes of the show are very musical and uh, she she has a big part about that. Her okay. sister, Gail, on the other hand, is possibly the most stereotypical autistic woman representation. Because when you think of stereotypical autistic woman, what kind of things come to mind? Well, I mean, we have the whole people pleaser kind of autistic woman. We have the like high masking, stays quiet, like good at following the rules. That wasn't the kind I was, but that is very... That uh, is very common. Or we have the me and Tina Fey bossy pants approach. Oh, that does t- that 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 too uh, does happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, which brand is she? Uh, she <laughs> she is the cat lady. Oh, and then we have the cat lady. That is true. I might also be that. She, okay. she is the cat Got lady. It. Crazy and, cat lady. And yep. she she also. <laughs> She also does tend to boss people around, especially Bob. Uh, the several Christmas episodes. That is uh, only we are only bossy because we are right. Just right, so yeah, you know, exactly, because, we are doing it out of love because we have the right answer and we are just trying to help. Because the data suggests that this is how to do things. There are many, many episodes where Gail has, ah, yes, we absolutely need to do this because, you know, this needs to happen. So Bob ends up walking five miles in a blizzard and, you know, that, you know, this happens. She, she absolutely needs to take care of her seven cats. She absolutely needs to do these things. And uh, she is played by, oh man, uh, Will and Grace. Uh, Oh, uh, Molly, Molly. Yeah. 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 Nick Offerman's wife. Oh God. What's her name? Not Shanahan. Molly Mullally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That. Yes. Yes. Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally. There you go. Yes. 
yeah, yeah, that's her. So yeah, she, (laughs) she, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely autistic coded on that. And again, you know, there's a lot of, she doesn't understand why, you know, she has difficulty relating to people because again, she's very, very specific in her interests. She, she gets into very, very odd situations with jobs and with anytime, you know, it's a gay old plot, you know, that we're going to go somewhere interesting. So uh, that that's Linda and her sister. And then we've got the kids and the eldest child is Tina. And again, originally written as Daniel. So uh, Tina's voice actor is Dan Mintz. And, uh, again, she she is very, very flat affect the entire time. Very, very much the autistic accent. Tina's catchphrase is, because uh, she just freezes and doesn't Does know what to say. Does she have that, like, vocal fry, like, Violet from the... From the Incredibles, like that sort teen of. vocal fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very much so. Again, you know, uh, she's a teenage girl played by uh, roughly a man in his 40s. So, mm. yeah, it, do, doing what he can with what he got. So, okay. uh, yeah, so her, she is very, very much a horse girl. Mm. She she loves horses. She loves collecting horses. She loves writing stories about horses. She watches the in-show version of My Little Pony. She, By the way, see our My Little Pony episode. Oh, yes. That's a good one for autistic horsey things. Ponies are autistic. She goes to the show version of the My Little Pony convention. And she also writes friend fiction, which is where, you know, she she has sort of the teenage version of erotica where they get to hold hands and look at butts because okay. yeah. Cause, Cause again, she's, she's very, very uh, inexperienced in the ways of the world. So this is uh, some episodes uh, like they had a Blade Runner episode because the family just watched Blade Runner together and she turned it into sort of a middle school romance. Mm-hmm. And she, she very, very much wants a boyfriend, specifically Jimmy Jr. Uh, Jimmy Jr. is the also played by John, H. John Benjamin, who ends up sounding like her father. So there's some Electra stuff going on there. But uh, Jimmy is the son of Jimmy Pesto, Bob's rival. Jimmy Pesto owns a restaurant uh, down the street, a pizzeria, and Jimmy Pesto has not been seen on the show in two years because his voice actor participated in the uh uh, January 9th insurrection. So uh, oh, when he tried to geez. overthrow January the U.S. government, 6th, but 6th, yeah. yes, yeah. W- mm. when, when he tried to overthrow the U.S. government, the producers had an issue with that and fired him. So uh, uh, strangely too. enough, as I was uh, again, Googling for today, uh, turns out that Jimmy Pesto may be back on Sunday's episode. So by the time this airs, there may be a new voice actor for Jimmy Pesto. So we'll see. Oh, character might be back on, but the actor we have exactly. committed to Act, not allow. Actor will never be back, but again, they they <laughs> never killed off the character, so he may be back. But Jimmy Jr., played by H. John Benjamin, is also incredibly awkward. His best friend Zeke, they have a very much a a very healthy masculine bromance thing going on because they're they're very supportive of each other. Zeke will attend every function that Jimmy Jr. has, slightly codependent, but they're, 
They're very, very supportive of each other. And Tina, Tina's a little jealous of his relationship with Zeke because she wants that position. But but again, she doesn't want to inconvenience anyone. She goes, she's very, very much a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And when she can't please everyone, she she sort of locks up, gets the situational mutism, has the freeze response, has heightened emotion. She she is prone to shutdowns. She is prone to the situational mutism. She is prone to the uh, sort of response. And this is a big, big thing for her. And uh, in the online communities, this is apparently a big, big resonation point with a lot of autistic female Mm. audience members. That makes sense to me. Also a big uh, point with autistic trans and non-binary people, because again, Female played by a male. So we're blurring the lines there. So she is a role model for a lot of autistic people. Mm -hmm. And this this is a big thing. Uh, So her her brother, her brother is Gene. Uh, Gene is a... A, a a force of nature unto himself. Gene loves the theater. He loves creating songs. He loves wearing costumes. Uh, beef squatch, uh, a, a, a Sasquatch hamburger uh, is his most well-known. It's on merchandise and you can get like figurines and clips and all sorts of stuff. Uh, th- th- he was originally a gigantic burger mascot. Uh, and then he decided to combine it with a Sasquatch. And for the Bob's Burgers movie, Linda decided she was going to be a sexy hamburger. So that, that the whole thing went there. But but anyway, Gene loves performance. Gene, uh, uh, we, we've talked before about, uh, you know, how how this whole, you know, creativity thing pops up for autistic people, how we re- when we need to create, we really, really need to create. This has come out with a lot of books, again, a lot of, you know, musical talent uh, with, with Eminem, with, uh, oh, God, uh, man, who else have we? Oh, oh uh, Questlove. Questlove, yes. There, there are a lot of autistic people who just need to make music. And a lot of his stuff is based on, trying to get his stuff uh, either produced, uh, like uh, the most recent episode was where he had a dream of the quote-unquote perfect song and then had to learn lucid dreaming because he couldn't remember the song and it turned out to be terrible, but he made a better song in there and it, it was good. But many of his his plot lines revolve around wanting to do self-expression and being frustrated that people don't understand the way he expresses himself. Mm. He, he also doesn't have a lot of friends outside of his siblings. Uh, there was one episode where he had one good friend, but they stopped talking to each other because they both are too much alike and they irritated the crap out of each other to the point where they were like, they ran into each other in a store and started playing the, the piano at the same time and just very, very frustrated. They see themselves in each other. And there's a whole lot of that with the autistic community and that there, if we have that whole internalized ableism thing going on, we might not like others like ourselves because we say, oh, that person is so annoying. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the, uh, that was a big thing for the family because the family was like, but Gene, he's just like you. He's doing that thing that you do right down to playing with really irritating, you know, sound making devices and all this other stuff because he very, very much stims through music. He very much stims through making noises and bouncing around. And and he, he needs to have 
a lot. He does a lot of echolalia. He does a lot of palilalia. He needs to be making noise at all times. Otherwise, he might die. Wait, what's the what's the difference between echolalia and palilalia? Oh, echolalia is if we repeat words, sounds, phrases, or accents that we hear from other people. And yeah. palilalia is if we just generate it ourselves and it's in our brains and it absolutely needs to come out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I do both of those things. Yeah, yeah I, I, um, this is the way. So what about the whole, like, he's like middle school, right? Yes. What, is, doesn't he have a whole, like, fart subline? He does. Uh, and it is it is frequent and often uh, uh, when the Bob's Burger movie was released, uh, they, they released a short uh, called My Butt Has a Fever. Okay. And uh, it was actually made like a year before that and it planned to go out with another movie, but the pandemic happened and they shifted things around. But yeah, it, so so. He, it's a school talent competition. This is his song. The guidance counselor, Mr. Fraun, probably also autistic. We'll talk about that later. Uh, is horrified and needs to stop it. But again, he must is this, perform. Is it a song about farting or is the song actually farting? Is it like... Oh, uh, well, I mean, it, it's okay. that particular song is about a butt that has a fever. And, oh, that's about a butt with a fever. Yeah, yes. but, but again, there is also frequent fart jokes. There is also frequent fart noises. Usage of fart noises in songs. Well, uh, songs about flatulence. Is that stimming? Is farting? Like, like that's got, like, there's some well, I mean, interception honestly, things there. Yeah. Like, there's sound things. It, I could, if I was an 11-year-old boy, I could see getting super into that it, or well, burping or something yeah. like well i mean one thing if if your body feels like constricted and it feels better when you release gas that's good if you like the feeling of your butt vibrating that's right? the thing if you think it's really hilarious to hear a fart sound which uh so Fun Can fact, in the late uh, 19th century, there was a man uh, who was on Broadway called Roland the Farter. Okay. And he, he, made, he made a living out of uh, doing, uh, maybe it was vaudeville, uh, but, but anyway, his living was being able to fart continuously on command. So mm. he, he made a very lucrative living. Uh, so I... I after you listen to us uh, with our podcast, or you can put it on pause, depending on where you are, look up Roland the Farter and say, oh my, I didn't know that was a valid occupation. We'll put that in the Perhaps show I'll notes. Look into that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Fo- we'll find that, Roland, Roland the Farter. The farter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he, that, that's the definition of, yeah. I just know we have a lot of parents that listen to the show because you all write to us and comment on our Substack. And like, I just think having an 11 year old boy, like middle school boy, this is like normal for anyone, like 100% of middle schoolers, especially middle school boys. But then when you add some of those like body sensations or sound sensations and knowing how our hyperconnected brains work, it's it, it could easily be something you get stuck in a loop on. When autistic people find a special interest, they go deep and have a lot of knowledge, even if they don't have that formal education background to go with it. If you want to capture your spin in a book, check out Angela's work at differencepress.com, differencepress.com, and find out more about becoming an author and establishing your credibility with a book. Uh, 
Oh, so it turns out that uh, Roland the Farter, I just found him, uh, was not vaudeville. I was thinking of someone else. Roland the Farter was uh, the, uh, let's see here, referred to variously as Roland de Sarquere, uh, uh, Roland le Fartere, Roland le Pator, uh, and Roland the Farter. Uh, he had a single job in the court of King Henry II, oh. farting. One See? jump, one whistle, and one fart executed simultaneously. So I don't know who I'm thinking of that was a vaudeville farter. But it must be out there. Yeah, comment. Yeah. You guys tell us. Drop yeah. it in the comments. Yeah, right, I, don't, I didn't mean to throw you off your, your game with the kids. but that, That's okay. Yeah, because again. Just wanted to shout it, out to the you, uh, parents out there. Do, do the audience have professional knowledge of farting? If so, let us know. We're open. Give us We're a always hand. learning. We're here to learn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially about flatulence. Who knew? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, yeah, I can see this as being a stimming thing. I can see this as, again, if you're in middle school and you want to make a name for yourself, because, again, Gene really, really wants to, you know, be in the theater. If you're going to write to your audience and his audience is middle schoolers, there's going to be farts. Yep. 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 All right, who's left? So, we have one kid left. So we one kid kids? left. One kid left, and then we'll talk about some uh, people in their orbit. Uh, Tina. Tina is uh, possibly the least stereotypically autistic, uh, but she only wears bunny ears. Uh, she, uh, of course, being cartoon characters, they always wear the same thing every day. But since birth, she's worn a pair of pink bunny ears uh, as a hat and will not take it off for any reason. And uh, it has been explored many, many times, uh, talking about the origins of her bunny ears. But when it comes down to it, she will not change. She she very much has a PDA profile ah. in that uh, if she is told to do something, especially by her mother, she will most certainly do the opposite. She's always looking out for a way to, uh, she has a very uh, neurotypical vibe in that she's always looking for ways to earn money, uh, ways to get candy, ways to get, you know, whatever, get her needs met. And she often, you know, puts her siblings uh, a little exploited in that regard. But again, as soon as you tell her no, for instance, like there was an episode where there was a cave full of jagged rocks and there was supposed to be a bowling ball in there that she wanted to go get. And somebody said, you should absolutely not go into that cave because you will certainly die. And she said, well, now I have to. So in order to go into the cave and retrieve that would the be bowling you, ball. Matt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, you've told me not to. Now I must. Sorry, now I yeah. must. There is yeah. no and, other option. And, and Tina the entire time was saying, no, you cannot do this. Do not do this. She was the voice of wisdom. And eventually they had to give up because, again, they almost drowned on jagged rocks. So... Hmm. But uh, yeah, Tina, when it comes down to it, she is protective of her family. She is protective of her siblings. But most adults, especially her teacher, especially Mr. Fron, the counselor, uh, she, she really, really does not care for authority in any way, shape or form. Very, very much issues all sort of authority. Very much an agent of anarchy in that regard. But again very PDA profile. Yeah. If it's something that she wants to do, she will not deviate from that course. She is very monotropically focused on whatever her mission is for that episode. Mm -hmm. And that's, this is the way. 
And so let's come down to Bob's friend, Teddy. Teddy is a handyman and the most frequent customer, uh, Teddy and Mort, the, the guy who works the crematorium, they are the most frequent customers of Bob's burgers, but Teddy has a near fanatical drive for the burgers. If they don't open on time, he's standing outside, bouncing up and down on his legs. Uh, he freaks out if things don't go according to plan. He freaks out if schedules are changed. One episode, he freaked out because Bob didn't have a burger of the day, and there's always a burger of the day. Where's the burger of the day, Bob? When are you going to come up with the burger of the day? Uh, he's, he's very much into fixing things. He loves... Uh, because again, he, he's not great in most areas of life, but he is, he, he will fix just about anything. And this is his niche. Uh, even if one time they went to his apartment and his apartment is filled with broken stuff that he likes to fix. And again, if uh, you know anything about autistic people, we love to collect things. Mm -hmm. um, it has been said that the line between a collection and uh, hoarding is just organization. So, Alpha, yeah. alphabetizing in my world. Yep. Color coding, alphabetizing. Exactly. Yeah. If you're just going to pile up boxes and keep your pretty things in boxes, that is that is not a collection, yeah. my friend. We, it must we, be displayed with a plum. Exactly. We need the space to display our awesome stuff. Again, another reason why I need a bigger house because uh, I need much more room for books. I need much more room for cool things because uh, as Kinsey said, one of the greatest things in life is uh, displaying and rearranging our stuff. Agre yes, that's why we love Kinsey. Yes, very he much so. He was very happy to display his so, little buggies. He, th this is the way. And uh, so there was one episode where Bob and Teddy uh, were, were going on. Uh, so Bob needed to go someplace with Teddy for an errand. But Teddy had to keep stopping at place after place after place because Teddy had promised to do this for this person and this for this person and this for this person. And Bob was very, very uncomfortable with how social Teddy can be. Because even though uh, on the surface, Teddy doesn't have any friends, like zero friends, zero social support outside of Bob. But Everybody knows Teddy. He's friendly with everybody, but he only relates to them through fixing things for them, through doing favors for them. That's the way he relates to people. Mm -hmm. That's and his love language. Yeah, it is. It is. So this is why he's comfortable talking with all these people about all these things. And Bob is just amazed because Bob can't talk to people to save his life. He, he gets very tongue-tied. He gets very awkward. Tina is very much her father's daughter. and Gene uh, is very much his mother's son. And Tina is a weird, chaotic combination of the two. But yeah, this is a, this is a big thing for Teddy. And uh, again, when things are not scheduled, he kind of freaks out. Uh, he takes things incredibly literally. Uh, when, when left a list of things to do, if he can't achieve that list to the nth degree, he just shuts down and freaks out and then a refrigerator falls on him, as it does. Right. And right. this he's very, very much one of us. And uh, of course, you Wait, got... Wait, I want to oh, take yeah. this moment to talk about the difference between a meltdown, a shutdown, and burnout. Ooh. And I don't know if... Teddy has gone so far as to have burnout, but you, it's, you like kind of quickly described a meltdown and also maybe a shutdown. So, so, so the biggest thing is that a meltdown is external, whereas a shutdown is internal. A meltdown mm. involves potentially cussing, screaming, stomping, punching, throwing, 
all that kind of stuff. Teddy has definitely shown that on occasion, especially shouting when panicked. A shutdown is where you might lock yourself in your room, hide under all the blankets and just go nonverbal for a while mm-hmm. where you just cannot get the words out, where it takes too much energy to speak or where you just kind of have a freeze response. Mm-hmm. Teddy's yeah. definitely had that as well. Uh, they, Teddy has been... Which uh, for me, sometimes shutdowns follow meltdowns. Yeah. But yeah. the order of events for me is something insane happens where I'm 100% sure I'm right And then the people around validate the wrong thing. So it's usually some illogical thing that makes no sense where it's very clear. Right. And then I explain it to someone in a emotionally ranty manner where I am expecting them to agree with me. The the correct response is, that's crazy. How did that happen? That's so wrong. We must take up arms against our oppressors. And But instead, the response is some sort of defense that I don't understand. So now I'm like, or, or the response is, why are you yelling at me? Yes. When I am obviously not fucking yelling at you, I am yelling about the insane situation. We were on the same side yeah. and now you have ruined it. So when they like make me the bad guy, which literally happens 80% of the time, or when they want to play fucking devil's advocate, when I have been wrong, don't mess with my sense of fairness and justice. Like either of those two things when I'm having a ragey is like, I'm having a meltdown. It's not about you, but now I'm going to go into shutdown mode. And this is why God made closets, Matt. I don't know if you know this, but uh, since I was probably seven years old, my favorite place has been my closet. I have piled clothes on the floor to sit on. I have upgraded to blankets and rugs, uh, but shut the door, put me in my closet. Do not talk to me. Do not look at me. I'm not, I'm done. I am one off, of, offline. One of, one of my mother's favorite pictures that she hung in the hallway for years was uh, as a kid, I got very mad at my parents. I just went in, went into my room, locked myself in my closet and just fell asleep in there. And yeah. after a while, they eventually came looking for me, found me in the closet and took a picture of me sleeping in my closet. And yeah, because again, we just yeah, want to get away from it. That will become a family joke, right? Yeah, exactly. I that, yes. I like my family likes to put food in my mouth yeah. while I'm oh, in some sort of narcoleptic sleep trying to escape from their torture. Yeah. And then they will like put up fucking popcorn in my mouth and take pictures and post on Facebook and laugh. Of course. Which is also a delight. Yeah. Because yeah. Why? Yeah. Because why help when we can make it far worse? Right. Yeah. Right. So I just, I think that distinction is really important because meltdowns are like external circumstance. It doesn't, it just doesn't feel like you could do something like people would often say to me, like count to one or take a deep breath or like you should calm yourself. Have you tried meditating? Those are not that. No, those are not indicated. No, no, it doesn't work. Just let me vent. It'll be fine. It'll be over. Yeah. Unless it turns into a full blown shutdown because I didn't have that pressure valve. Yeah. 
And and that's a big thing about this show because it normalizes it normalizes big emotional expression, meltdowns, shutdowns, situational mutism, and autistic euphoria. Because every single one of these characters has numerous moments in the show where they are just overloaded with joy, and there's inevitably some sort of fantasy sequence that goes along with it. Oh my god! Um, so one time, good. Bob was. Uh, you know, in the zone, he was in the flow state cooking Thanksgiving and he went into uh, my neighbor Totoro <laughs> and uh, the turkey became Totoro. And th- there was this great fantasy sequence that was directly lifted from Miyazaki. And it's it is uh, I have a Thanksgiving playlist and it's mostly Bob's Burgers for this very reason. And uh, that is a Thanksgiving favorite. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I feel like I want to know your what else is on your Thanksgiving playlist. I, uh, I've yeah, never yeah. had a Thanksgiving Honestly, it's playlist. Pretty much all Bob's all I know burgers, is the whole uh, Timothy uh, Turkey debacle. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Of other course, Thanksgiving uh, Charlie songs. Brown, Garfield. Uh, bo- oh. Both Charlie Brown and Garfield have the the least known uh, episodes in their Thanksgiving holiday spectacular and uh like a few others from uh different episodes of different shows like you know if they decide to have thanksgiving at cheers or something yeah i was gonna say the all i remember the cheers thanksgiving episode yeah yeah wkrp in cincinnati with the the turkeys when they found out the turkeys couldn't fly miss that one although i did love wkrp in cincinnati yeah yeah they, they decided to release a whole bunch of turkeys out of a helicopter because they thought mm. the turkeys could fly. Oh wait, that does sound familiar. Yes, that yeah, yeah that didn't. I do. Yep, just got the flashback. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay, that was back from the archives. I thought you were too young for that. I'm very old. Mm, not true. Not <laughs> yeah, true. The, my friend. the kids can't come to me with their skibbity toilet comments because mm. I don't know what that is. Hmm. We love sharing stories of autistic culture. And if you are seeing yourself in any of these stories and you're wondering if maybe you're one of us or maybe you're already diagnosed or self-diagnosed and you want to know if Matt can help you live your life better and be more authentically autistic, check out his website at mattlowerylpp.com. That's Matt, M-A-T-T, Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y. And then that LPP, it stands for Licensed Psychological Practitioner. So head on over to mattlowrylpp.com and learn more about working with my buddy, Matt. Wait, what? I, I want to go back to Teddy and his meltdown oh, yes. very briefly, not to harp on a topic, but how do other characters treat him either when he has a meltdown or like at like after like well that's the thing about uh teddy well at least in the show because again teddy does not have a lot of friends he does not have a lot of social support so it's inevitably the belcher family mm-hmm. and inevitably there will also be ensuing panic before like linda will want to take care of him bob will freak out want to isolate because he doesn't know what to do about it and then he will you know relate to him uh Inevitably, everyone triggers everyone else, but they find a way to come together. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Sounds like a neurodivergent family. <laughs> exactly. Because that's that's the thing about us. We this is how we learn to be neurodivergent together. And we we must learn what we need. We must learn how we can get our needs met, and we must learn how to take care of the people that we love. Yes. And 
and again, that's the thing about there's there's tons of other ancillary characters. There's a limo driver who very autistically coded, uh, no social cues, lots of other. But 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 those are the main ones. And again, since we try to keep these things to an hour, because I could talk for fifteen hours about Bob's Burgers, but. Yeah, that that might be a wee bit long. We, Do you we, think this is on purpose, or is autistic honestly, culture just fascinating to watch? Honestly, I think it is because when you look at again Lauren Bouchard's career, Doctor Katz, professional therapist, uh, done in squiggle vision. I, I was talking with somebody the other day about uh, you know being hyperverbal and that our uh, again back to the puns that our language is our humor is very language based. Dr. Katz literally had entire static scenes with just mouths moving where they were describing things like back in the day before the Daily Show, John Stewart was a guest on there talking about his life. And, you know, just it, it's essentially listening to a radio play about life. Uh, then there was home movies, again, very language based. Uh, there was Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, also featuring H. John Benjamin. Every one of these things. And, and since then, he's done like the Great White North, uh, Central Park. Is, is it Central Park? Uh, but, but again, all these things seem to be very, very centered. Uh, and, and again, you know, it's it, it, it on an outside uh, basis. I, I tried to do research to see if if he happens to be autistic himself, but I could find very, very little. So I can't say one way or the other, but there's a lot of neurodivergent representation, even without outright stating it. So mm -hmm. I, it seems like it's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And also so uh, great, like not stereotyping because there are all these different types of people just showing how diverse Exactly. Diverse yeah, people. Yeah, because that's the thing. people are. If an uninformed person wanted to make a character autistic, they would, they would be like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, and just take some tropes and some stereotypes, throw them together, and call it a day. But again, this this makes a much more humanized view of us, and and that's the thing because uh, they may be basing these characters on real people in their lives that may or may not be diagnosed or identified, but definitely pull the traits off in a very, very human way. And this is a big difference between uh, an autistic coded character and uh, a character with autism, because, you know, there's, we are human, we have foibles, we have massively different presentations from person to person, because no two autistic people are alike, because we're human. We're just we, human, we, right? We all have some, you know, traits that we share. And again, some of these traits, like we've discussed today, are are easily noticed by us, but they may not be as noticeable by people who aren't familiar with us. So to an outsider that's, you know, hey, they're just quirky, but it's an added layer for us, uh, especially when we start talking about lessons in chemistry, because boy, that's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, but, we're excited about lessons in chemistry. I have to catch up and we have to get through the whole first season it's, and then yeah, we're going to double team it because yeah, the autistic community is going wild for lessons in chemistry. 
It's fantastic. And so so this is one of those things that when it's shown, it, it resonates with a certain group of people for a certain reason. And again, uh, I, I thought that this, uh, this episode would be a little trickier because I thought I was going to do some research, but had no idea that there was going to be like 200,000 results for like uh, Bob's Burgers autism. <laughs> So yes, so much to cover, so little time. Yeah. So, uh, but but uh, speaking of running out of time, uh, hey, uh, Angela, what was your favorite part about being autistic this week? Well, I was I was having all the feels for the uh, autism talk and autistic Twitter social media worlds this week because. Oh, yeah. There was a Halloween controversy I want to catch you up on. I know you guys are listening to this on Thanksgiving, but um, were you following the Keith Lee controversy of this week? Uh, tell me about this that. story. Okay. I, I do not. Tell me all about it. Okay. Keith Lee, active on Black Twitter or Black TikTok, Black Twitter, um, is an MMA fighter. And he does these baller food reviews. Like, they're amazing. He's got 14 million TikTok followers and super honest reviews, like great reviews. He's super funny. It's TikTok. They're three-minute reviews, whatever. Anyway, he was in Atlanta and reviewed this restaurant called Milk and Honey and was frustrated by many of their practices and they did not get a positive review. And so the restaurant, or maybe not, this is where it all got very interesting. But so the restaurant, a restaurant manager called him autistic because they did not like his food review. So they're like, that guy's autistic. And I think it was like, meant to be a negative word. I couldn't figure out what was happening because I was like, what What would be the problem with that? Like that, I would right. want my food reviewer. Um, I would want my food reviewer to be autistic or my right. doctor, we talked about this last week. So, um, so yeah, so basically Keith Lee uh, does not comment on whether he's autistic or not. But the entire Twitter universe, TikTok universe has made the most amazing videos on why it is a compliment. I'm going to, I'll throw one of them in there, but there's so many. On why it is a compliment and not an insult to be called autistic, especially if you are doing something like food reviews where your sensory sensitivities would make you better at picking out flavors, would make you better at identifying how comfortable the environment was. So they've got into every aspect of autistic culture and specifically said why they think it would actually be good if he were autistic. Now, milk and honey, the real, oh, it's called the real milk and honey of Atlanta. They attempted an apology. Oh, apologies. How, how, how well did that go? Oh God. Um, they basically just like played a version of Shaggy wasn't me. They're like, listen, uh, wasn't our employee that called you autistic. <laughs> we're, we're real, we're real sorry about that, but it wasn't us. So, um, Uh, so yeah, 
it, it didn't go well. I think they pulled that TikTok down. And um, yeah, there there is a whole conversation about in, in the black Twitter, black talk world, there's this whole conversation about as a black reviewer, this is a yeah. black restaurant. And should he be supporting that black restaurant? Because now that restaurant has been harmed. So there's a whole nother conversation that's going on, not about how cool it would be to be an autistic food reviewer. Right. But I just wanted to point out that I enjoyed um, the people who were recognizing autistic culture as something, something that would be a positive factor. And we're going to reclaim that narrative. You can't just like call us autistic, like it's a negative thing and it makes sense to us anymore. I like that. I like that a lot. We we need more positivity because we are attentive to detail and we need to be recognized for it. Yes. Yeah, so Keith Lee, whether you're in the club or not, we're going to give you an honorary gold star. Thanks for representing autistic culture, even in being made fun of for it. So uh, it brought out some great aspects of our um, of our community. So that is my favorite thing about being autistic this week. We will be back next week on the Autistic Culture Podcast. We hope if you are listening to this Thanksgiving week that you have a lovely holiday. We always love hearing from you. We love your show suggestions. Uh, you can leave them by going over to autisticculture.substack.com. It's a little confusing if you've never been there before, but you can either put in your email address if you want us to give you updates when a new show comes out or just skip the button. There's a skip button right underneath and it just says skip and see inside. You can go right inside without giving us your email address. We don't require it at all. All of the podcast episodes are free. And if you ever want to throw us a little donation, there is an option to upgrade to paid. Um, we have also this week coming up a Q&A with Matt and I for our paid subscribers. Uh, you might miss this one, depending on when you're listening. You might be able to just get in there. But if you've got some questions you would like to ask Matt and I, uh, we are going to do that coming up really soon and we'll do it regularly so you can upgrade to paid and find out about the next one. If you miss this one, all the details are over on our Substack page. There are other great goodies for those who uh, help us to defray the costs. Just to give you a quick sense, we have an audio engineer we pay. We have a content manager we pay. Matt and I donate all of our time. Neither of us make any money. We are giving back to the autistic community. And we also hire autistic people to work on the show. We would love your help paying for our amazing team. If that fits your budget, if it doesn't, do not worry about it. Do not stress at all. Uh, completely optional. But uh, if you want to, there is that upgrade button. So I think that's all I got. Matt, you got anything else before we say goodbye and happy Thanksgiving? I, I just hope that everyone enjoys their chicken McNuggets on Thanksgiving. Nugs, love them nugs. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the Autistic Culture Podcast. If you like this show, you can help other people find it by taking a few minutes to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find out more about writing your book with me at differencepress.com. That's difference, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, press, P-R-E-S-S.com. 
or getting a psychological evaluation or consult with me at www.mattlowrylpp.com. That's M-A-T-T, Matt Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, L-P-P, as in Licensed Psychological Practitioner.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else. Special thanks to our content manager, River Robbins, and Aaron Stoner, our producer for making us look and sound good. Thank you.